Hey guys, before we get started on this week's Chargers Weekly, I want to tell you that the LA Chargers rely on Bose QC35 headphones 2 to black out distractions and focus on what matters most. The same powerful noise-canceling technology helps you concentrate on your music, your work, maybe this podcast, or whatever you're passionate about. Learn more at Bose.com Chargers. Bose, the official headphones of the Los Angeles Chargers. Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on a Week 7 London edition of Chargers Weekly. A bit later, Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com will give this week's opposing view. But first, radio analyst Daniel Jeremiah tells you how the Chargers get to 5-2 and two in London going into their bye week. All right, pleased to be with Daniel Jeremiah here in Cleveland. It's been a heck of a week, DJ, especially for you. Uh, bouncing back a little bit. What's uh, your schedule been like? So I let's see. We did the game. I, I came in the day before the game. I know the team came out on Friday, right? So I came out, flew out on Saturday, uh, got in and later in the evening, do the game Sunday. After the game's over, flew back to Los Angeles, mm. did my regular NFL Network stuff on Monday, and then uh, Wednesday night, which was the last night, I believe. These are all running together. Uh, <laughs> I got on the red eye with, with money, and we flew and arrived in Cleveland Thursday morning at uh, 6.30 in the morning, and then we'll get on the plane this evening and do another red eye. So back-to-back red eyes. Yeah, back-to-back red eyes. Well, have you been to London before? I've never been. I've never been, man. I'm I'm super excited about it. It's going to try and cram uh, a month's worth of uh, sightseeing into into 48 hours. I know. Seriously, we're not going to have a lot of time for that. But I I just have heard the fans over there, you know, because there's only so many games. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. So they're into it. It's a big deal. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've heard the atmosphere is pretty awesome. So uh, I'm pumped up. We're going to sneak away. And go see a little English Premier League game oh, on Saturday. And That's then cool. A little double dip, a little double header. Maximize your trip, man. Well, yeah. let's let's go back to Cleveland. A very resounding win. Oh yeah, Baker Mayfield was sacked five times. It was a complete win, all three phases. I, I thought the the low key hero was Desmond King. What he was Two able picks. to do in, in special teams and the picks, and you know that that first score of the game was set up by his punt return. He's been awesome. I mean, the last couple weeks, he's just really been a huge lift to the team. And with the special teams now a couple weeks going, solidified that spot. And to me, you look at the guy that's making great decisions on when to field the ball. He gets north and south. There's no, there's not a lot of you know backtracking, running east and west. Yeah. He gets positive yards. And he breaks Nothing tackles. Cute, right? No, we, it's just and we, it's we're very talking to money about just decisive. It's just like. Okay, if you're going to get seven, ten yards, just that's fine. That's great. And if, if you break it to a 32-yard one like he did on, on Sunday, that's even better. And I think if you went back and studied it, and uh, you talked to special teams coaches around the league, you you find punt returners that are going east and west, you're going to find a lot more penalties because that's when you get the blocks holdings and the backs and, and the yeah. holdings and all that other stuff. You get north and south, seems to be uh, a little bit less penalized. So he's been great on special teams. And then defense, I think, coming into the week, in the last week, there only been one interception by a charger corner coming into the game last week. So mm. kind of waiting for that to happen and he uh he got it kicked off got the party kicked off with a couple of them and uh you know complete win when you can run the ball like that when you can dominate up front on the defensive line get after the quarterback and really outside of the you know, kind of fluky interception at the end there that ricocheted off melvin this shouldn't count for yeah, i know but Phil- philip has just played such clean football i mean that's that's really a winning formula yeah I don't think it's a coincidence that the last two weeks, especially stopping the run, you stopped that three-headed attack. Yep. 
They need to stop Marshawn Lynch the week before. Corey Legit's back, by the way, and he had a sack and a half, and he's doing both things. I mean, he's helping with the that interior pass rush. He's also helping stop on the run. And Isaac Rochelle's has played better. He's, he's coming you know, this well. is uh, and talking to some of the guys uh, with the team. Just you know, with not having Bosa there, you, you know, you obviously you're missing a great player, but it's given opportunity to some of these other guys to get a lot of valuable reps, and eventually Bosa comes back. They're already rotating and rolling a bunch of dudes, and now you add a premier player like Bosa. In the long run, this might might end up having been a good thing for the Chargers in their defense. Valuable reps. And, you know, you look across the line. I mean, Damian Square was an undrafted free agent. Playing Isaac great. Michelle, a seventh-round pick. I mean, these are guys that are playing valuable snaps for the Chargers. And I, I love the fact that when you get, get these guys out there for, you know, 30 snaps and not having to have their tongue dragging on the ground because you keep everybody fresh, everybody, everybody wins. Yeah. And to me, I thought even last week, when you look at Jatavis not playing, and you look at Kaiser not playing, and then uh, the job they've done when they get out there in their sub and their dime package, and uh, Adrian, Adrian Phillips, Phillips being out deal. of the field and, and playing really well, and um, so that, that's I mean that's kind of a big deal when you don't have two guys at one position. We also got some reps there started the game, but it seemed like there was a lot of time out there with with Adrian Phillips doing a good job. Now I remember going into the season, you were pretty high on that that Ravens team, that Ravens defense. Yeah, they got after Marcus Mariota, eleven sacks. I looked at all eleven sacks. A lot of it came from the interior. It seemed like, and it looked like it was the whole operation. Like a lot of people were at fault. How there. much time did you have to dedicate to watch all those? I, by the you way? know, what, the Ravens, <laughs> Ravens.com did a great job by yeah. just splicing them for me. There so you go. That's all I needed. There I didn't have go. a lot of time, DJ. <laughs> but what did you see on those sacks? Well, you saw every kind of breakdown. When you have a number that that's that's that big, you know, it's not going to be one thing. There was there was physical beats where you had some one on ones where you just lost a matchup. You had some mental beats where on one of them it's you know Conklin's at right tackle and and Judon bluffs and backs out and Conklin loses sight of him and he comes late and ends up kind of forcing some chaos and ends up in a sack and then you had Marcus Mariota dropping his eyes and, and kind of running around and, and not keeping his head up which he kind of ran himself into a couple sacks so you had confusion you had physical beats um, you had just about everything going wrong for them in that game now the, the answer is the question is what do they do going forward and yeah. the obvious answer would be they're gonna run the heck out of the football and I would expect to see that in this game Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis see a lot of them I think you'll see tight ends you'll see heavy packages and and then we're gonna try and pound the football and and find a way to not put their quarterback in those situations so 10 years ago was the last time the Chargers played in London it was a 37-32 shootout loss to the, the Saints, Drew Brees and the Saints. Entering week six, guess who's one and two in quarterback rating? Drew there Brees you go. <laughs> and Phillip Rivers. It, it's, just, it's just amazing to me that at 36, Phillip was playing his best football, taking care of the ball. We, we mentioned that, that tip that I, I wish didn't count on the stat sheet, but uh, he didn't have to do a ton through the air on Sunday because of those those horses in the back starting with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I want, I'm going to want to look up this number here, these numbers, because I, I had them, uh, you know, pro football focus, they do some cool things in terms of charting. Um, and when you look at what Phillip's done when he's been moved off of his spot, I thought the numbers were really interesting. Just he's got 125.7 passer rating this year when he's been moved off the spot. Three touchdowns, no picks. So mm. not only is he making good decisions when everything's clean and in rhythm, Phillip's been able to extend some plays a little bit, get out of trouble, and make things happen without putting the ball at risk so he just continues to amaze me I mean I knew I knew he was a great player but when you get a chance to watch him week in and week out and see how he works how he studies and how he executes he's just he's a premier player he's a premier player in the league and it's it's pretty fascinating to see you know that draft and you look at you know I know Eli's got Super Bowls and I know Ben's got a Super Bowl and, and he's going to be compared with those guys 
But man, when you look at how consistent he's been and the way he's playing right now, it's it's to me, it's it's not close. Uh, he's been outstanding. I want to give the the ESPN NFL matchup show credit for this one too. He has a 99.5 quarterback rating when pressured. Yeah, Marcus Mariota has the third worst in the league so just that juxtaposition there again they're gonna run the ball I mean when you just look at those numbers right there they're gonna try and you know not put him in that situation the interesting thing is to me I think a key in this ball game uh, if the Chargers can jump on them early and take that away from them and they can't just be a one-sided gonna run the football and, and eat the clock get them in a deficit position uh, then I think that works the Chargers yeah, this, this team's averaging just over 14 points a game 30th in scoring so if you can get a hot start going like you did against Buffalo like you did against Cleveland it's the way to go and Rip Shear easily the best dressed uh, coach here the coach very, Rip very is the sharp, best dressed. very sharp very sharp absolutely we love Rip hey speaking of tight ends I think Virgil Green is he's been super, great super underestimated in, no, in hey, the of whole what group doing. yeah the whole group the, the whole group yeah the, the the concern you know look Hunter Henry is a rising star in the league and that was a just a huge injury and hopefully you know who knows maybe we get a chance to see him before the season is up but that to me you go to training camp and that was the question that was asked and you know this is a major major concern and you know bring bring Gates back but really all three guys have played a pivotal role for this team Virgil Green doing it both as a receiver and as a blocker Colkin's been outstanding use him some as the F as the fullback use him some at the point of attack he's been great in the run game and then Gates is Gates he's going to he's going to catch everything that comes say, his when, way it's been, it has not been a weakness at all for this team when Philip needs a play he goes 85 there you go you know it, and it doesn't have to be you know 10 targets a game it's, yeah. when he needs a play he goes 85 but i mean the, the the biggest compliment i can give to that group is you haven't heard anything about him you know for all the chatter about oh this is going to be this is very worrisome and this is going to be kind of the Achilles heel of this offense haven't heard anything about it because they've been rock solid DJ I want to go back to that Titans offensive line real quick because casually you look at it and you're like okay Jack Conklin was a top 10 some good individual pieces Taylor Lewan on the left side it didn't look like Lewan's side was responsible for a ton of stuff which I guess what I'm saying is if Melvin Ingram can get after Lewan a little bit I mean you can you can really wreak some havoc. Yeah, you know, one thing I'll say, and getting to know Taylor a little bit and Conklin going through the draft process. They're very good players. They're, a, they're very good players. They're very talented, and they're very prideful. So after what took place with the Baltimore Ravens, you can be sure you're going to see their best in London in this game. So I don't think it's going to come easy. Um, you know, those, those 11 sacks, that, that you know, don't get your hopes up that you're going to see that if you're a Charger fan. But if you can just if you can slow down that run game, put them in some third and longs, um, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. Let's end on Melvin Gordon because through six games, he's got 30 receptions. During his Pro Bowl season in 2016, his high-end receptions was 14. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously an added dimension to, to his game, and, and it's paying dividends for this offense. Yeah, and I, you know, I contend when you watch games around the league, the best matchup, the most favorable matchup you'll see in the passing game right now are these running backs getting on linebackers, and that's you know we see a bunch of teams using that to their advantage. And the Chargers, I think you can put right up there at the top in terms of what they're getting production-wise. Um, you know, you, you always talk about the tight ends on linebackers being a great matchup. Well, to me. Running backs even more explosive, more dynamic, more explosive. So if you can get them the ball out in the flat and make one guy miss, you've got a chunk play. Yep. Uh, you get them on some of these option routes. Melvin's done a great job. And Austin, both, when they're split out wide, running wide receiver routes, running angle routes, takeoffs, you name it. They're, defense headaches. They're getting it done. And it, to me, it's just such a favorable matchup. And the Chargers have done a beautiful job of exploiting it. And, you know, you talk to Phillip, when, when the Chargers offense has been at its best over the last decade plus that he's been here, they've had running backs get involved in the passing game. 
talking to some guy from DraftKings, and we were talking about the Chargers offense in general. And, you know, Melvin is the mainstay. You know, Keenan's going to be there. And then, you know, guys like Mike Williams, Tyrell, yes. they could go off at a moment's notice. Yeah. It was Tyrell's day on Sunday. It could be Mike's day this Sunday. Yeah, they're going to get one-on-one -on -one coverage, and you've got guys that can win. Now, one thing I would keep an eye on here with Tennessee, when you go back and watch the tape last week against Baltimore, some of the plays they gave up, back shoulder throws uh mm. high point fades so to me and you look at the the, the roster there adoree jackson's not the biggest corner in the league malcolm butler's not the biggest guy in the league and you look at some of the tall trees the chargers can throw out there especially with with tyrell outside and, and with mike outside i think you'll see a little bit of that in this game all right dj finally how do the chargers get to five and two in london going into the bye well, I mean, I think you go back to what we said a little bit earlier, jump on them early, get, get an early lead on this game and create some doubt with this Tennessee Titans team. So stop the run defensively and jump on them early with some early points, and I think you have a good shot. I hope you get some sleep on the plane. I hope uh, I get some sleep on the plane. I know. what kind of. I might have to uh, borrow your iPad or something to see what kind of movies you got wrong. Yeah, nothing great. Nothing great? Nothing great. Yeah. I've got – I'll keep going here. I, I've got – I've downloaded an all or nothing, the soccer one on uh, Manchester City maybe. I oh. know nothing about oh, – so you're doing your prep. I, I know you're nothing about. For two I, games. I know nothing about. I am. I really am. I know nothing about the Premier League. Nothing. So I was scrolling. Around, I found this. I'm like, I love the all or nothings at the NFL on the NFL. So I said, I'm going to watch this one and see Is if it I on Amazon. I'm going to learn the great sport of soccer on this flight. That's Forget my goal. Sleep. Then your That's Jeremiah my doesn't goal. need sleep. That's my goal. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. See you, bud. All right, before we get to Jim Wyatt, a quick break to let you guys know that this season we've taken Chargers Weekly to the next level. That's because I'm using Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2 on air now. The powerful noise-canceling technology helps me black out distractions and brings you the latest news on the LA Chargers. And when I'm not recording, these are my go-to wireless headphones. They help me black out noise. I will definitely be using them on the plane to London so I can concentrate on my game prep and, of course, bring you that next episode of Chargers Weekly. Visit Bose.com Chargers to learn more about the most powerful Bose headphones yet. Bose, the official headphones of the NFL. All right, to get this week's opposing view, very pleased to be joined by Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com. Jim's been covering the Titans since 1999. Jim, really appreciate you joining me. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I hope you're doing well. Doing well. You ready for London? Yeah, I'm ready. You know, certainly uh, people have been talking about this trip for a long time. I can't believe it's finally here. I know it's going to be a crazy week. The Titans practice in Nashville on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we hop on a plane and leave Thursday afternoon and get there, I think, about 6, 6.30 in the morning, Friday, ready to hit the ground running. So should be a whirlwind of activity, but uh, should be a lot of fun as well. What are players saying about this trip to London, Jim? Players have not talked too much about it, and I think part of that's because of, uh, of what happened this past Sunday. You get beat 21 to nothing uh, to Baltimore the first time the team had been shut out. Uh, in Nashville in the team's history, you give up 11 sacks. I think the focus here maybe is making sure you get things fixed uh, before you leave uh, town to head to London. I think certainly people are, are looking forward to the trip and kind of what's ahead, but business to take care of before uh, before leaving Nashville and I uh, know a good Chargers team is going to be waiting for for the Titans over there. Well, Jim, it was a surprising score, especially the way that the Titans started the year. You lose 21 nothing, and I think the, the 11 sacks were probably the most alarming. What did you see on those plays? Uh, was it a complete operation failure, or was it, was it more the quarterback, the offensive line? What was going on there? 
I think it's a combination of a lot of those things that you mentioned. I mean, obviously there were some, there were protection problems, uh, and, and some of those, in some cases, you know, the Ravens just beat Titans offensive linemen at the snap and just, uh, you know, whether it was what's quickness or whether it was strength, uh, those guys kept ending up in the backfield. I think there were other times where maybe there were some communication issues and the Ravens sent guys and just, they were just not picked up the way they needed to be. And then I think uh, there were occasions, certainly late, where uh, you know Marcus Mariota just needs to get rid of the football. And by holding it too long, uh, you know he put himself in a position where he was sacked. So uh, you know other guys, uh, you know, in addition to the offensive line, I don't care if it's tight ends, running backs. I think when you give up eleven sacks, I think everybody is to blame, and uh, it's got to get fixed because. Uh, you know, it was uh, Titans didn't have a chance to win that game on Sunday because they just didn't have a chance to to throw the football. Yeah, they only possessed the ball for just over 22 minutes in the game and um, one for 10 on third down. Uh, this isn't the team, though, that we've seen throughout the first five weeks, though, Jim. Um, you can't just take one game and, and make a blanket statement. How impressed have you been with the team up until this point? Well, the first quarter was great. I mean, you throw in a loss in week one to Miami, which was just a crazy game. You lose you know, a seven-hour contest that had two long uh, weather delays, and the game just never really had any flow. You know, The Dolphins, I think, have ended up being better than people thought, so I don't want to say that that was a bad loss. It just That's just one that kind of got away. But I like the way the team responded to that. You Come back, you beat your division rival in the Texans uh, with Blaine Gabbard as your quarterback because Marcus Mariota was dealing with an injury at that time. You go to Jacksonville, win a game against you know the team that won the division last year when Mariota came off the bench. And then you come back here and rally to beat the defending Super Bowl champion, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I think you had to feel pretty good about the way things are going. The last two weeks, you know, the, you know, the, the Buffalo game before the Baltimore game was just one out, one of frustration. The team turned the ball over three times, just never really got in sync on offense, and uh, and really just kind of let one get away. Uh, it was a different loss on Sunday. I mean, the team just flat out got beat. It was ugly in every facet. You know, offensive we talk about couldn't protect the quarterback couldn't move the football to seven first downs and 106 yards of offense. And then defensively just couldn't get off the field on uh, third down and, uh, and couldn't get any pressure on Joe Flacco who just kind of picked him apart. So back to back weeks, really bad. Uh, before that, I think things are looking good. And I think that's what adds to the frustration. This team has shown it can be better than it's been the last couple of weeks. And now you got to find a way to get back to doing that. And, you know, you mentioned how long I've been covering the Titans in 99. I, I know the history between these two teams, whether they're in San Diego or Los Angeles, the Chargers have kind of had the Titans number and have won eight out of nine in the series since the Titans became the Titans. And uh, Philip Rivers always given this team trouble. So it's a tough, uh, tough matchup, and the Titans got to figure out a way to get some things fixed. Yeah, the Chargers coming off a win against the Cleveland Browns. What do you think the biggest challenge is for the Titans, Jim, in defending this Chargers offense? Uh, they had 246 rushing yards last week, which was their, really their highest output in nearly a decade. But then you also got Phillip Rivers, who, who's got a balanced attack. What do you think the biggest challenge is for this Titans defense, who, who has played well this year? Yeah, I think yeah, th- th- those two, I mean, it, it, 
Gordon is uh, is a beast and certainly uh, hurts you in so many different ways. The Titans have not been as sound as, uh, as they needed to be. Stopping the run, I think that's got to be uh, you know, number one point of emphasis is is getting the run defense fixed where you're able to shut teams down. This team's been good against a run in past years. It hasn't been very good against a run this year. So uh, that has to happen. But with that said, I mean, Philip Rivers is, is playing great football right now. Uh, you know, he can pick you apart. Um, teams got to find a way to get both aspects of that defense ready to go on Sunday and, uh, and got to find a way to, you know, to create pressure in no sacks for the Titans last year, where the Ravens were, were last week, I should say, where the Ravens were harassing Mariota, the Titans just weren't doing anything to disrupt Joe Flacco. And I think with Rivers, you've got to put a little pressure on them and, uh, make them somewhat uncomfortable and, uh, and, and, stopping the run uh, along the way. Jim, got a new head coach in Tennessee and Mike Vrabel, uh, Matt LaFleur, the offensive coordinator. Uh, what's the identity of this offense in that? What do they want to do? do? Do they want to run the football with, with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, or do they, they want to be more of a balanced attack, try to get more, more of Corey Davis involved? Well, I just to be completely honest, I don't think this team has an identity on offense yet because it hasn't really been able to do anything consistently. I think the latter of the two is what the team wants its identity to be, and that's to have a balanced attack, you know, throwing the football and uh, running it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this team hasn't had a lot of success on the football. Derek Henry hasn't really looked like himself. He's been frustrated with his play. Deion Lewis has not had a really breakout game himself, so the run game has been – they're kind of stuck in the mud uh, a little bit here of late. And offensively, a great showing against the Eagles where, you know, Corey Davis had 161 receiving yards, caught a game-winning touchdown pass and overtime to win it. That's the way it's supposed to look. But it just hasn't looked like that in a lot of games. This team's been shut out three out of six games this year, at least kept out of the end zone, I should say. They've kicked field goals in some of those games. But no touchdowns in three games this year. And no touchdowns in back-to-back games uh both losses just kick field goals against buffalo and then shut out against baltimore so uh, people have asked me what this identity this offense is and, and six games in um you know i think still looking to figure out what that's going to be jim who are a few guys on the titans that chargers fans should have eyes on outside some of the obvious names the Corey davises the marcus mariotas and uh some of the names that we we see each and every sunday who are guys that, that we should be on the lookout for at wembley well, I think on the offensive side of the ball, you know, everybody knows Henry, but uh, the question is, is whether or not you know he's going to look like he did at the end of last season when he had a great game against the Chiefs in the playoffs and this team was rolling. Uh, so while Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis, certainly that's the receiving team. You know, Derrick Henry's got to emerge. Uh, this team is looking for playmakers that misses Delaney Walker. There's no question about that. Uh, so you've got to have a number of guys step up and um, and and kind of help uh, make that void not so big and so obvious. So uh, I think Henry Davis, Mariota on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, some other young receivers, you know, Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor, uh, just really in their second years, they they. they Need some more consistency, I think, uh, out of the entire passing game to to have some success. And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Kevin Byard is a is a Pro Bowl or an All Pro last year who had 
uh, 10 takeaways, led the league in that category. He's coming off a game where he had an interception. Uh, I think the feeling here is, is a hope that it's a sign to come. And then uh, Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans, a couple of rookies um, on defense, a couple of early draft picks. I think those guys are con- going to continue to get better the more they play. And uh, and uh, and then Joel Casey on the defensive line, um, you know, is has is, been very disruptive once again. He's a three-time Pro Bowler probably the best player on this defense. Uh, he needs to play well. One last guy I'm going to mention because he didn't play. He hasn't played the last couple of weeks, and I think that explains some of the reason why this Titans defense struggle a little bit. Wesley Woodward looks like he's going to be back in the mix after missing a couple of games. He's kind of their defensive leader. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's led this team in tackles before his injury. He, uh, they desperately need him back in the mix. Jim, final thing for me, what do you think is going to decide this game across the pond at Wembley Stadium on Sunday? Well, I think it's it's whether or not the Titans can protect the quarterback better uh, than this past week, and if able to do that, maybe the the running game and the passing game can work together, and uh, and the Titans can score some points. I mean, this this team is uh, among the, the worst in the league in scoring points, and, uh, and I look at the Chargers. And uh, they're one of the top teams in the league in scoring. And coming off the game, they put up 38 points in Cleveland. So uh, the Titans are going to have to have some success on offense, and that includes stopping Mariota. And then defensively, we kind of talked about some of the keys. I mean, they got to figure out a way to disrupt Rivers a little bit while stopping the run. And uh, you know, so and it's a challenge because uh, you know the Chargers seem to be flying high heading into this game, while the Titans are. Uh, kind of licking their wounds and, and looking to get back on track. So uh, uh, it, I think these London games, obviously looking at, at the history of these things, you just never know what's happening in these games. and never know how teams can adapt to the travel. So uh, I think that's kind of a wild card that's, uh, that's thrown in the mix as well. Well, we're looking forward to getting over there, looking forward to seeing you. Jim, have you done a trip like this with the Titans? I have not. I guess the closest thing to it is in the last season we uh, – they had a back-to-back West Coast games at Arizona and San Francisco, and the team flew to Arizona, played in the game, and spent the entire week uh, on the West Coast before the game against San Francisco. Um, so that, that's as close to it. I've, I've never been a part of a London game. Uh, certainly looking forward to it, realizing that you know be operating with not a lot of sleep over there uh, because <laughs> of the overnight flight and to hit the ground running and then you know if, if i do get a spare moment and want to think about taking a nap I also wouldn't mind at least uh kind of checking out the surroundings a little bit but there's not a lot of time to do anything i mean this team gets over there again at six in the morning uh on friday got a walk through and a practice so friday's gonna be full there's a walk through on saturday and then there's a game on sunday and then uh fly back to nashville after the game so there's not going to be a lot of time uh, for anything but football and getting ready to play, but uh, I'm hoping I can at least uh, kind of check out the setting and uh, I'm anxious to see the fan base. I know, I know the Chargers have fans all over the country, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be well represented there. Uh, and and uh, and I should say, well, all over the world. I, I think the Titans, uh, just judging from a mailbag that I do and judging from people on Twitter, I mean, it sounds like a lot of Titans fans over in the U.K., and I know a lot of people from Nashville are making their trips. I'm just kind of curious to see what that whole game day setting is going to be like. I've seen them on TV and watched them and always been fascinated by just the excitement and uh, that goes along with the NFL playing in London, and I'm, I am looking forward to seeing it firsthand myself. 
I'm excited to be a part of this experience. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Jim, I hope I hope to see you before the game. But uh, I really can't thank you enough for your time and, and your insight on the Titans. And we'll see you at Wembley. Okay, sounds good. I'll see you over there. Appreciate it. And that'll do it. A big thanks to Jim Wyatt and Daniel Jeremiah for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. You can find Chargers Weekly in our new Backstage Chargers podcast on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. Enjoy Sunday's game and get that coffee brewing early. It's a 6.30 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayrie.